You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. Yes, yes, you are still the true host. Rub it in, why don't you, Ben? Kick a man while he's down. Throw salt in the wound. Gosh. You did do good last week. Oh, thank in, you. In, in the running. Have I have I climbed the ranks at all? You have climbed the ranks. It is, uh, it is yeah. getting closer. Also, team no host over on our patreon also got a little bit of an uptick so i felt i felt the danger coming in from all the sides danger i what i saw from jordan was that team no host was getting very little love so well, okay relative to what it was though oh. in the past week it has gone up by a significant margin interesting yes. all you know hosters is you need a host Jazzy J is your man. J- don't even start with the jazz. <laughs> I Jazzy J is the most like intimidating thing you've ever brought to the table in terms of our our very friendly brotherhood rivalry. I'm like, there is no competing. Buzzy B has no no zing to it. Well, well, Buzzy B does now have an online presence though because you started. You did your first solo live stream last week. Holy cow! Did okay. you not? And you. Yeah, I'll let you tell about it. No, I did. Okay, so uh, of course, everybody, you know, working from home, one of the things that like has consistently been like spurring in the back of my mind, like the the like brain crack that mm-hmm. I've had is mm-hmm. this idea of like, Ben, you should just stream. Like people need something to like tune into and it would just be fun to like interact with everybody because I like as an extrovert being stuck at home all the time, I'm, I'm like going crazy, you know? Yeah. And so I'm like, this is it. This is the moment I'm finally going to go through and I'm going to stream and on Twitch. And the whole time that I'm like coming to this decision, it's like setting up a stream is strangely difficult. Oh and my gosh. Th- there are so many unusual and odd like they're not big problems but they're nagging problems where you know we we're normally logged into everything here at the office but at home i'm not logged into everything so i'm trying to like log into stuff and i need passwords and then like you know you log in and it needs a verification code that's sent to your phone instead Mm -hmm. of my phone so i keep having to call you to get like one thing after another but as i'm going through all these steps of like making sure my webcam works and figuring out how to get the casting to work properly i'm like not even convinced that I'm still going to actually go live the whole time. You're just like, you're, you're building up all the potential to go live. Right. So I was, I was dampening the barriers to entry. Like, Mm -hmm. like all of the things that would prevent me from doing it. I was like, okay, I'm not committing to streaming. I'm committing to making sure my webcam works. I'm not committing to streaming. I'm committing to logging into Twitch. Mm. And it was, you know, the whole time I'm going through it, my pulse is like slowly building. Like I'm like really, really nervous. Yeah. And I've like, one of the things that I've been doing and we've talked about it on here is I've been playing Diablo two at home. Yes. Uh, That's like one of the ways I've been keeping sane uh, is, is just basically playing through. So I'm like, okay, talked about it, talked about it. Time to bring the people into the fold. So I'm sitting there and I finally just go live and I'm like, it didn't work. I know it didn't work. I'm just sitting here and like the little chat sitting there open and like nothing is happening. I know and exactly I, the feeling. And I'm like, nobody's going to show up. Nobody cares. I did it no, wrong. Nobody, 
nobody wants to come watch me play Diablo 2. The, the funny thing about that particular feeling is that if it's true and no one's showing up, then so what? Literally no one saw you right? But the feeling is that, wow, everyone is gonna know that nobody showed up. Right, what a weird problem. I know, except that, of course, definitionally, nobody will know that nobody showed up because nobody showed up. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, everybody could just think, like, oh, Ben playing Diablo? That's not that interesting to me. 100% unanimous decision. But nobody else knows that that's what everybody else made. Exactly. But no, ultimately people did tune in. I played as Buzzy Bee the Druid. The Druid. The Druid, the Wind Druid. I think we got to like level 14 maybe. It was it was good times. It was good times. But I will say that I was exhausted afterwards in a strange way. So for me, like I said, I'm an extrovert. So being able to like talk with you and I feel like me and you being together is like, thank goodness there's another person and we've updated each other. I think me and you have been talking a million miles a second the whole time we've been in the same room. I think so. I am. It's like part of me feels a little irresponsible for even being in the same room with someone I know, else. I know. I, I completely agree. But me and so, you are, we are kept at a very significant distance yes. from one another. Everything in the room has been wiped down. No one else has been in this room. Right. We're all quarantined. We're in a building nobody else has access to. Right. So, so and but yes, it's it's interesting to me because I've been around for the past seven days. Nobody else except my wife, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, and my three sons. Right. And that's it. Well, that, I mean, that's significantly higher than the people that I've been around, which is Alice. Man. <laughs> No, but it's it's interesting because it's like it, it just becomes your new normal, right? But it what what was really interesting is when I saw you again when we were in person again was the amount of stuff I had to tell you, right? And it was like, oh my god, I could, like I you know you just sort of forget what talking to other people is like. Yeah, this is just my normal. This is how it is. But then you reach other people and like other people, I I could tell other people things. This is wow. Wow, and they care, and they react. And they care. And it's like, you could, you, like, you streamed, and so you were talking to all those people on your stream, but I, I have a feeling that didn't quite quench your conversational thirst in the same way as being fit. Even like all these Zoom calls everyone's doing. I right. don't think it's quite the same. It's still not quite the same. I, I don't know what it is about like in-person communication because even as someone who loves talking to other people, I, I wouldn't say that I'm a particularly big phone call kind of guy. Ben, let me tell you something. Okay. There's nothing worse than talking on the phone to somebody. A phone? I know, right? Right? Like I will avoid speaking on the phone with other people at all costs, just about. Would you say that talking on the phone to somebody throughout the course of our lives may like transcend the level of archaicness that is associated with writing someone a letter. Oh, no. like I don't think that. Like it's it's a bit of a novel thing to do to be like you want you want to have a phone call. It's like we could be pen pals, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. No, I don't because even though texting is far preferable to speaking to someone over the phone, the phone is still much faster. It is. It and is. I think what's happened is in recent years, texting has moved in on phones territory big time. But now I think specific, maybe even because of the quarantine and the coronavirus, I think FaceTime has become a thing in a way that it never was before. And it's one of the things I think will stick around in a much bigger way post quarantine. I, I definitely, I think so. I think that there, there's no two ways about it. It's kind of like this whole thing, you know, they say like it takes two weeks 
mm-hmm. to like break a bad habit or to form a new good habit. Right. Like, two weeks of steadily doing that activity. Well, by the end of this, we're going to have been doing things in a new way for two months. Yes. You know, like that is going to have massive impact right. on the way that people live their life. It is going to have a there i mean this is I mean, people have been saying this is the you know the next big event for people to have lived through sure for, so like a lot of people and like we lived through like 9 11 and stuff right and we saw that change the world and it's i think um a similar type situation where you you will be living in a post-coronavirus quarantine world at some point absolutely hopefully hopefully yeah hopefully. who knows maybe it's 2021 and we're still like god remember places <laughs> I've wondered about that, or I've, I've also wondered if there will be the advent of places where there is a long enough desire for them. So like, let's hypothetically call it, you know, like the Zoom calls or something that, that everybody's doing. That's the way that people are communicating mm. through like this video chat or FaceTime, um, where there's like a massive, massive surge in that commodity during this period of time. And if there's anything where like, you know, people who are trying to adapt to this new circumstance where after the fact, it's like, mm, we don't really need that anymore. Like, so almost as if there will be like all this new innovation in in thinking because of what our new reality is is currently that might like end up very quickly going by the wayside. After oh, yes. The fact. Are, are there things that we have been propping up on stilts for like a decade just because they've been around? But right. Suddenly a tidal wave has come in and knocked down the stilts. And you're like, you know what? We went for like three months without that thing. Do we even need it? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that, that is totally going to happen. Like there's going to be tons of practices and I don't know what they are yet that have been propped up because that's the way things always were that have, that are finally going to be knocked down by the quarantine. And there's going to be plenty of situations where people aren't even going to bother rebuilding them. Right, right. Yeah. It's it's so funny because there are there are certain things in life that I feel like several years ago now, maybe 3 to 4 years ago, I went through a pretty significant breakup. Yeah. That breakup was so strange because it was that tidal wave that crashed into so much stilts. Oh. In my life. That's so that's such a good example. Like there were so many things you were doing in your life just because you'd been doing them in your relationship. Right, right. Yeah. Like they it was like part of the construct of that particular relationship, which had had gone on for such a long period of time that it was like, this is who I am. But then once that breakup happened, it was all of a sudden like, you know what? New me. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't have to. It, it was, but like, there are like weird things that I feel like that, like there were like these big shifts where like in the previous relationship, dancing was this thing that had this like massive, massive mental block about. Ooh. Like if people were to ask me like, like you want to, you want to go downtown? You want to go out? Like we, we, live in Roanoke so we don't really have like clubs the, the club <laughs> you don't want to go down to corned beef on a Friday night Ben we do have corned beef and sidewinders <laughs> it's called the, the restaurant the bar's name is called corned beef and company corned beef and, it's literally you. what it's called yeah. real quick I have my corny joke which fits right now oh, because right. of what we're talking about yeah do you have a corned beefy joke yeah how do you get a country girl's attention Oh, this is going to be a corn thing. How do you get a country girl's attention? I don't know. How do you get a country girl's attention? A tractor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, it's as simple as that. That one slaps down at, at oh. corned beef and sidewinders. Yes, that one slaps at both corned beef and sidewinders. Incidentally, sidewinders, the place I, I think I've maybe only ever gone to for their Taco Tuesday uh, buffet. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's not, it's yeah, not it's, a, I don't 
don't frequent. Nothing to write home about the Man. Taco Tuesday. It's hot. I will say, I, I don't want to slam on these bars. They do very good business. And Sidewinders gets remarkably bigger acts oh, than I'm do. ever expecting. They do. And yeah. it's always crowded in there. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Yeah, anyway. so no, 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 real, no real shade being tossed there. Just um, the general idea being... Like, going out in the capacity is not, like, this, like, really ultimate experience unless you like dancing. Because right. that is ultimately what you do. I mean, they have really loud speakers and, you know, cheap drinks. And the whole idea is that you can go and dance with people and then leave. Right. This is a concept that has never appealed to me ever mm-hmm. on on like any level. And it was one of these things where I, I mean, it would make me like have the trembles. Like I'd be so nervous if somebody, if I knew that one of my close friends was like, yeah, that's what I want to do for like my 24th birthday is, is, is go downtown. And I'm like, I so badly don't want to do that. <laughs> and a huge part of that is like, I have no clue how to dance. Mm. Like when did people learn how to dance? Dancing is all about confidence everyone this is this this is this has to be how it is because i've thought that before too like i would go to school dances and you would see some of these guys and they would just be like breaking it down out there yeah and you're like well now wait a minute when did you learn this exactly you know like youtube wasn't a thing when we were in school it wasn't like you went home and like watched people and learned stuff you know right but like you know and they're doing it and maybe you're right they're doing it so confidently that it would never ever ever cross my mind that this was the type of person who was insecure enough to where they would need to like go into their bedroom lock the door you know do whatever they could to prevent anyone from knowing that what they were doing was learning how to dance by themselves and their bedroom so that they could then go and be confident out on the gym dance floor right you know it's like it's like they just know how they to just, do it the, they just get the rhythm it's they just get, in them. they feel the rhythm they feel the rhyme yeah it's bobsled time <laughs> <laughs> No, but this this was never driven. Like it was one of these things that drove me crazy uh, in my younger years in life. And at our wedding this year, the same thing happened where Alice has a um, half sister who was significantly younger. She's I think she's 15 now. And I remember her showing up at the wedding and she has never been to like a homecoming or a mm-hmm. school dance. She hasn't done any of those things. And yet she's out there breaking it down. And I'm like, what? No. How is this happening? Okay. Like, so at- I will say having only one child to base this off of this okay. entire theory, but I think dancing is innate. It's like almost instinctual to you, humans. Do you think you have it in you? Like it's in there. Like you can dance to the rhythm. Uh, absolutely. I think anyone can. Cause my son, Luke, as a, 18, as someone who could stand on his legs could discern a rhythm off of like a song on TV and like bounce up and down to it to it like it's not you know it's not it which which is a, as much dancing as he was even capable of right but you know no one had to tell him what dancing was he just did he just he just did it you know oh, that's a good point it's so weird and so I bring this up I think I remember vividly not vividly I remember <laughs> a point in my life I was at 4-H camp Ooh. oh yeah it was uh they always I think ended the week with like the camp dance yeah I remember that yeah yeah this was like maybe the first time I'd ever been to 4-H I was still in you know grade school there wasn't there wasn't dancing with girls or anything it was just like there's a dance whatever right everyone's going crazy and I remember like just I don't know dancing just you know with my buddies out there and someone just came up to me and they were like 
that's so stupid. That's not dancing or whatever. And this like, I remember this like, oh, in, no. I, it was like, the, it was so embarrassing. And it was like, that kid wasn't dancing either. Right. You know, what? they what weren't, I don't know who this person was. I have no idea. I didn't see them again the rest of the week. I hadn't seen them before, but they made this enormous lasting impact on my life where it would just like put up some huge wall. Like, oh, I'm just going to stand still at dances from now on. That's cool. Don't worry. That is an absurd amount of power. It was terrible. Like, like I, can't I think back. Think I can't think of the terrible person who would send their kid to camp and be like, when there's a dance, go up and tell someone that that's not dancing. Yeah. Because 100% of people who are told that at age nine are forever corrupted by this one sentiment. That's exactly right. Like, I was scarred forever. Like, just, or not, not maybe forever, but for a very long time on I've this... It was like, it, it just like made me so timid to even try. Oh, most know? certainly. Most yeah. certainly. Very understood. That's that. Okay. That's, that's crazy. Um, and first off also 4-H camp my, was one of the first dances I ever attended mm -hmm. and a girl asked me to dance and I had this weird thing happen where I was way too scared. There, uh -huh. was, there was no shot in the world that I was going to dance with this person. And I had like seen them in a couple of my other, like, you know like rock climbing class or whatever, but hadn't really paid them like a whole lot of notice. Yeah. I ended up forming the biggest crush on this person because they asked me to dance. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I thought it was like the most unusual thing ever, but probably also the start of my, like the girl can express interest in me before, I, before there will ever be a circumstance of, a, of otherwise. Yes. Uh, yeah, to complete my story, then the first time I ever did dance with a girl was also at the same 4-H camp, but years later. Oh, I see. Okay. So, yeah. so like when you were an older kid. Yeah, but this was not dancing in the term of, of anything impressive. This was the most basic shuffle sideways at arm's length, you know. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Well, Swaying. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I remember in middle school, as we get older, we had these, like, they called them socials. Mm -hmm. And it was, they always had them set up in a way that was, like, kind of cool. It was, like, it was in the gym, and they had, like, a DJ. But they would also have, like, inflatable obstacle courses and uh. stuff like that. So the whole idea was to go and just interact with all of the other kids. But inevitably, the last, like, 30 minutes of every night would slowly actually become, like, the dance portion of the night. Mm -hmm. And it would always be the most fun when everybody like finally just like decided to you know right. go, go out for there, it go, go out there and cut do their loose. shuffle and it would always be one of those things where like all right and the last song of the night and you're like no what a bummer mm -hmm. but still most of the time i really didn't you know have any idea of what my dancing was it was pretty much just like step forward step backwards step forward, right step backwards but to me you know i was getting I was like, there let's put myself out there yeah well look at but you so, i remember going to our aunt jessica's wedding mm. uh we were kids and it was one of those events where and, and this was frequently the case even the case at my wedding where there are usually fewer kids and many more adults for sure at weddings yeah most adults don't know more kids right right right, right. yes good point <laughs> uh, and but frequently also kids are, are not in attendance at weddings for That's true other particular reasons can i tell i'll pause you right here pause me and tell you that my first grade teacher invited the entire class to her wedding and looking back, I am floored that she did that. That does seem it, odd. It, I'm like, wow. If Because Beth was a teacher. And if she'd been like, hey, hear me out. Let's invite my class to the wedding. I would have been like, uh, false. <laughs> uh, no. Afraid so, not. It, it's so odd. Yeah, because 
to me, that would feel like not, not that I'm not sure that every single class of students that comes through as a teacher makes its impression, mm -hmm. but every class of students that comes through makes an impression. Like, yeah. like they are all equally not unique and unique in that manner. Yeah. In that, like, like why choose this year's? Like, yeah, uh, like that's so odd. I do remember there being a few like select older students from previous classes. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Like mm, this whole year. And some of my old favorites. <laughs> some of my old favorites. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's super funny. Well, yeah. so anyway, back to Aunt Jess's wedding. Uh, I remember we were we were the only people our age there. And so, like, a bunch of our aunts and uncles were coming over. And they're like, come on, dance. It's going to be so fun. Of course, they had alcohol on their side. So... I don't right. know how they thought this was a fair situation. Oh, right. But we had, you know, we go out there and I remember I'm like, I have no idea what to do. And I think a couple of like the family members are like showing you just like, you know, just sort of like bob back and forth and move your arms like this. And I was like, yeah. okay. And so the rest of the night I'm doing that. Eventually the wedding video from this comes out oh, no. or video of this wedding. And I'm Sweaty like, palms, Ben. Sweaty palms. I know. I know. It's like. Like, and I, and I have no idea what's coming. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Oh, I remember that. What, how fun. Finally, it gets to just a shot of me and you standing next to each other <laughs> doing this weird arms out, like W, like <laughs> dance thing. And it is mortifying. I do not remember this video. Oh, I'm so glad you don't because. I feel like, yeah, maybe I blacked it out or thankfully never saw it. <laughs> maybe never saw it. I was scarred. scarred. I was like, that's what I looked. No, like. Whenever you think to yourself, like, I'm sure it looks a lot more natural to everybody else, you know, from an outsider yeah. perspective looking in, like you feel weird in your own skin because you're doing something that feels a little uncomfortable, but nobody knows how scared you are. Right. Oh, everyone knew. Oh, it no. Was, it was clear as they made You were getting just like pity stares from the crowd. Everyone was just like, it's like, man, that kid should, he should go sit down. Wow. He should, he should go sit down. Someone some... at 4-H should tell him he can't dance. <laughs> Oh man, because I couldn't dance. And I then, remember also at that wedding, I feel like we, you and I and Tyler and I don't know, maybe some other people, the, like the, the Night at the Roxbury song came on. Do you remember that at that wedding? Was the, it like, Night at the Roxbury or was it love? Dumb and Dumber? No, it was Night at the Roxbury because it was the head bob thing. Oh, you're right. You're yes. right. It was the head bob thing. And that's another one of these things where like looking back, like to me, we were doing that because that was it was like we'd seen that movie and it was funny which by the way i feel like was probably a little inappropriate for us to have seen at that age but whatever um <laughs> probably not the point the what i think is funny is that i think in that moment what was funny about it to us is that we were copying the movie what was funny about it to other people in the room must have been that these like children were doing this thing from this snl skit from, from that they don't understand oh my gosh yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a night. What? Yeah. Cool. Mm. Totally one of my my most fond memories. The other thing I remember about this particular stage in our life is that we had started growing our hair out, like to where we had uh, like long hair. The shag. And yeah, the shag, which was fine. The thing about the shag is that a shag is good, like the like the Justin Bieber hair for for people who don't know what we mean by the shag. It's fine when it's everywhere. But mom would do this thing where she was like, she like hated the long hair. Dad too. Like they hated when we did yeah. like the hair flick to toss it out of our eyes. Oh, yeah. The whole thing. It was like, the, like that was for oh, the I forgot rules. about the hair flick. So mom and dad would make us go and they would make us get our hair cut to where it was like kind of bowlish right across the top of your eyebrows. And then they would like clean up our ears. And we have like big ears that like when it was all groomed out, we had these ears that stuck out like crazy. And it was like, you were kind of having this like skater look, but also like, 
your mom wanted you to look nice. Right. And it was neither. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you, you kind of just looked a bit ridiculous. Oh, man. So, good memories. Good, good, good times memories. were had by all at the wedding. Good times were had by all. Yes. I re- that's such a weird situation, too, like, weddings like that because... Or, like, when you're like a young person at a wedding like that because your interaction, all the people you know there are just your other family members. So like all you know is like, all you know about Aunt Jessica or Uncle Mike or Uncle Will or whatever are just from times you hung out with them as a family at vacation. Right. At the lake or whatever. Very select occasions. Yes, very select occasions. And those are the circumstances under which you know them. But now they're at the wedding and they are around, like, you are not the important person here. Right. You know, like, you know, you, you've only ever known this person where the point of being together was to hang out with each other. But this is your aunt's wedding and she's there with all of her best friends from ever. Right. And all of... You're like all the adults now know each other and you know, it's not about spending time with the kids and family. So you like, you kind of have this relationship with all the adults, but they are so not there for you for, yeah, <laughs> at the, this moment. The context of the environment for them has changed yeah. entirely. Right. This is a big party for yeah. them. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. So no, it, it's such a, it's such a strange experience going to a wedding as a child yes. for these reasons. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that's the other thing too, is that like Luke at, at, my, at my wedding was dancing on the dance floor, stole the room. You know, right. completely adorable. Yes. As good as it could possibly be. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> if 13-year-old us was there and we were dancing, it's like, someone get rid of them. Oh, right. There's an there's like an age. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. It's, it's not, we weren't adorable anymore and we also weren't part of the party yet. Right, exactly. So, yeah. Teenagers at weddings, bad idea. Bad idea. That's what I'm saying. It's a terrible age yeah. to be at a wedding. Right. This is why you shouldn't invite kids to wedding. It's not, it's, it's for their benefit. It's, yeah, let them stay at the house. Let them order two pizzas maybe the cheese stuffed crust yeah and some breadsticks mm. you know and and let them have the time of their lives because <laughs> as a kid that's what you want you know right. like that's that is best case scenario yes yes but then you think is this the sort of experience you need under your belt so that once you go to a wedding as an adult you'll have some like semblance of what's up i would have had so much more success in life specifically in my dancing career if I had never gone to this wedding. Wow. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There it is. I, I actually think like, yeah, basically between the ages of me being born to like, maybe like 24, I went to one wedding oh. and it was that one. <laughs> it was that one. And it was that one. And it, it was, I was, I had, so, I was so, so much information was impressed <clears throat> upon me by that day. Going to weddings as an adult is such an interesting, it's, it's such a different experience, especially when you end up going to like the same group of friends series of weddings, because like my wife had a whole group of friends in college. Right. Right. That she's now been invited to all of their subsequent weddings. Like, I don't really know these people, but there are certainly like all of those girls now spouses. Who you're friends with. And who I am now like, I know the cast of dudes I'm hanging out with at the next wedding. Oh, right. They were all the last three and we all just know each other from the weddings. Right. Right. And that one tailgate that one time, you know? (laughs) It's like you know that one guy seems like a real drunk every time i see him you know it's like it's weddings and tailgates right wow interesting such a limited context to know to know a person with i them. know yeah. yeah yeah all right what else do we got here 
But yeah, so all of that basically to say though, that I think that after this particular breakup, I all of a sudden feel like I found my dancing legs a little bit. Oh yeah? You know, like I'm still not good at all. Let's be clear. <laughs> do not know what I'm doing. But like, I do feel like there are more occasions here in the office where like, you know, something good happens and you you bust out a little jig or something, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. you got like your happy dance. I feel like there was one month in particular where I was just dancing. You just let it fly, man. Just let it fly all the time. All the time. Yeah. And it's, you know what? And it does feel good. It does feel good. It's like, man, dancing. I find myself, yeah, I find, specifically during the quarantine, I found myself doing little like dances around the house. Oh, really? Yes. Like maybe this is just more times when I'm like alone in a room or something. Right. But, but every now starts. and then I'll like forget that I'm not alone. And I'll just like do a little move like from like the table over to the closet and it'll be like, Oh, there we go. All right. <laughs> yeah, everybody is this part me. of me now? Hmm. Is this how it happens? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Am I okay with it? No one said anything. Guess it's okay. Maybe they just hmm. seem, maybe it seemed so normal that they didn't even realize yeah. that it maybe hasn't I always have, been a thing. Maybe I've introduced this so gradually that this is how they know. That yeah, that that happened to me in high school with wearing like backwards hats. Yeah. This was the point where mom and dad stopped making me cut the hair around my ears and it was allowed to dangle over my eyes. Mm. So I had like the full look going on. Yeah. Started wearing backwards hats and it was like this thing where I remember like two weeks in, I was sort of like still like assessing and watching people and how they were reacting to the fact that I was wearing this hat. Look at Ben decided to wear hats. Okay. That's a decision. <laughs> no, that's, that's, a, that's a choice. <laughs> Clearly nobody thought that though. And it was something that people were like, yeah, like, you know, like, you know, Ben and hats and like people would have these like throwaway comments as if I had always worn hats. Mm. And I'm like, this is new. This is, this is not like, I have not always done this. Mm. You must've been doing it very confidently. That's the thing. That's the thing. Nobody ever even remembered when I didn't wear hats. Popcorn culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a 
kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting you know to me it was just like a rare charizard is a rare charizard like it doesn't doesn't matter it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded it can add huge value and then not only that but once they're graded they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab and that's where arena club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack but it's for a pre-graded card now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which, wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Hmm. Going, man, this is funny how hats and this is all circling back to the same content. We used to have, so you said you had these little socials. When I was in middle school, because we were at a different, we lived somewhere else. We had Y dances where the local YMCA would have like a, I think almost weekly <laughs> dance. They were frequent. They I remember were frequent. you going to those, the Y well, dances. I, yeah, they were, they were fun. They had, it's, the gym was huge. So it was split down the middle with this giant partition where like one half was basketball and one half was the dance. And then also you could go to the swimming pool. Yeah. Nice. Quite a, quite a thing. This is one of those looking backwards. Like, are you going, like all the popular kids realize all of the actual actions happening on the the socializing is in the floor i was on like the dance floor okay. but to me it was like this is great i'm gonna play basketball i'm gonna go swim this is cool fantastic i remember gosh there'd be these dances i would in my attempts to be cool i, I had uh, like a uh, some hat from some boy scout trip that i would like wear to this as if this is cool God, it was so not. <laughs> like, I thought I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> Guys, I'm going out tonight. Yeah. Wearing my hat. That's right. <laughs> oh, I'm so embarrassed to even think about it. Oh, I've got a whole body sweating. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, no. Wow. Oh, what, man. This podcast has just become, this pop cast, excuse me. See, how has it suddenly turned into us telling embarrassing stories? I'm not sure, but I'm okay with it. Mm. I'm okay with it. I, You know, I've thought about that a whole bunch of times, actually, as as we we initially pitched it. The whole idea, when we even came up with the idea for popcorn culture, we were, like, making a word cloud on one of our whiteboards at the office. And we're like, okay, so, like, you know, we want to have, like, a platform where we can talk about the things that we talk about on our Super Carlin Brothers YouTube channel like more in depth so we can kind of get more into the nuance of it the nitty gritty go back and forth talk about like the behind the scenes of how we came up with like a particular theory so we're like okay let's let's put all these words up here we got like you know when you go to the movie theaters there's like candy and popcorn and you know it's all sort of part of like pop culture and then we were sort of like hold on a second yeah we can combine popcorn and culture and it's kind of like pop culture but like movies based and so the whole idea was to do exactly that and to spend all this time talking about our love for Disney and Pixar and Harry Potter and Star Wars and Marvel. All that. And instead, 
we have totally descended into just telling all of the embarrassing stories about our childhood. Of our life. But it's interesting because it, it is those formative years where we were absorbing all of these things. That's true. Like in a way that ultimately led us to the path that we're on now. Mm. So, so, okay, so we can steer into that. Okay. For the quarantine has like pushed back a lot of movie dates and stuff uh so like black widow's coming out later this year mulan's not coming back later this year and they've started releasing some things rather than theaters so it's just going straight to disney plus or they're yeah. putting it on disney plus sooner how what do you think about that rollout strategy are you cool with it well okay so there's i have two schools of thought because okay. there's the part of me that's almost like okay all of a sudden people are learning for three months to value going out. So like there's a part of me that's almost like three months is up and it's like, I bet movie theaters are straight popping. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, dude, what could be more fun than the idea of going out to the theater and getting popcorn and candy, you know, and like you got like a night out. Like it just like something about that, especially right now when you can't do it, it sounds so appealing. For sure. And so there's a, there's a part of me that's almost like, will people all of a sudden realize that maybe there are things like that that they've been taking for granted? And it's kind of like, no, the movie theater experience is going to be like so ramped up in terms of like, it's a thing we can go out and do. Mm, We're opposite not thought that movie theaters in particular are going to be a thing that doesn't recover as well. That's the opposite thought. Yes. That's exactly it. Is that in the world that has been developing because movie theaters have felt like, like kind of strangely like archaic. Like it, it, it is almost surprising to me that we have still set records pretty consistently at the box office that people are so determined to go and uptake this media when there are so many other things you can be watching. Mm -hmm. Like there is like an endless supply of really good content out there for you to watch Ooh. At, at any point in time. And I feel like at one point in time, the idea behind a movie was like, this is where all the production value goes. This is where you go to see the thing you can't see anywhere else. Right. Is this is what the, people are talking about. This is what people are talking about. And that's why like, that's the impetus to go to the movie theater, the place where you're going to get to experience it in this way. And so it is, it's been kind of interesting to me, like when a new movie rolls out, like we, we, we go, of course, because it's part of our job usually to have seen the movie on opening night. Yeah. But if not for that, like what, what would be my, my trigger to go? Like how frequently would I go? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's been interesting, particularly with Pixar's Onward. Yeah. I think because that has been a movie that's come out recently that did pretty poorly at the box office. Yeah. Um, and to be fair in the scheme of its entire run, it had a very limited run at the box office because, because of the quarantine, because yeah. of the quarantine, people stopped going out. But even before that happened, it wasn't doing well. Yeah. And so from our standpoint, you know like we've never not you know immediately new pixar movie the next video that comes out for us is like our hour-long review where we go through and you know talk about everything and it's like get into it it's like you can't not make that video because it's like that's right it's like so essential to what we do on our channel right um but for us with the onward onward video it was like one of the lowest performing videos that we've had surprisingly so like in i would say like in years yeah like it was weird because we made a video right when Onward, the trailers first came out and it was like, you know, could Onward break the Pixar theory or whatever. And we made a couple of Onward videos and they both did really well. Yeah. And it seemed like, yeah, Onward, right. the Pixar movie. And then for whatever reason, it just did not translate to people going to the theaters. Not, it didn't, it didn't seem like hardly at all. Not at all. But so I'm very curious yet yeah, to see, it, it's so like Onward is like the movie that you'll that will be the example from history about the quarantine about like 
it could like literally change how movies get released. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's very interesting. I completely agree with you. It's like, it's, it's a strange like bridge that has now been formed between the idea of this like mega production, basically going from release to available in your living room in record time. Have you watched it? I have not at watched home? it. I have not watched it at home yet. Have you? I've watched it at home. Okay. Is yeah. it better at home? I actually, I thought, so. yes, it was the third time I saw it. It could have just been because I have to wake up every three hours in the night to feed the twins yeah nick yeah. and nate right so beth and i we've been getting up together to do this and we watched it over the course of two feed times okay but possibly because i was extremely tired and uh, my emotions are worn very thin all the time right. i felt like it was much more emotional to me the third time i saw it okay but i mean i liked it just as much and i feel like and i don't know if you have experienced this as well i feel like i've seen more about onward on all of my social feeds n- like since it was released on Disney Plus than I ever was when it was released right into theaters. Absolutely. Yeah, completely yeah. agreed. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know if maybe it's because there's such particular buzz and there's something kind of novel about the fact that this is like such a big release from like a major studio that typically produces like blockbuster hits. Right. That like all of a sudden was available to us really, really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, is there almost like a, like this is a special treat day type of idea. And, and because of that, people like really latched onto it and they were kind of like, Ooh, now this is kind of cool. Yeah. To me, it feels like, I, and I'm just going to choose arbitrary numbers, but like there, there's like some threshold of like motivation you need to go from your house to see it in the movie theater and like if if the threshold was like 75 out of 100 or something i feel like so many people's threshold like we got to like 74 or something they're like "Ah, i'm just not quite there like i would like to see it but i don't you know i can miss this one right but then all of a sudden you're stuck at home and pixar what Pixar, one of the best movie studios ever, is launching a full feature film right into my home. Yes, I'm there. Please. Yes, yeah, of absolutely. course I yeah. want to see another Pixar movie. Like, like not just any movie. It's not just any movie that got released. It's like Pixar released one of their huge movies straight to your home. It's like, I feel like, yeah. Yeah, the threshold goes from like, you know, if it was 75 to go to the movie theater and you were at 74, which right. maybe a ton of people were, even, let's say 60 to 74 is where everyone existed. And then all of a sudden the bar is 20. Right. You know, and it's, everyone's like, yes. Oh, like, like thank goodness. This is the best news. I like, yeah, wait, good on you, Pixar. Um, Especially because specifically Onward is a movie about going out on an adventure, right. which is like what everyone wants to do while they're stuck at home. Right. It's such a it's such a weird, like perfect amalgamation of like what people want right now. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Well, okay. And so all all of it is very interesting because I think I, I do think that onboard is kind of like this bridge between this idea of like major production movie being released directly to you know streaming platform. Yeah. In a way that's kind of like okay, okay, but like. W- for one, you also have to wonder, you know, how do these movies make money if they're going directly to streaming? Um, right. Or is the budget just so high? I think I heard a statistic that 50% of every family that has two or more children has Disney Plus at this point in time. That's S- right. Spouting off of my cuffs. No idea if that's accurate. Like, yeah. But... Is Disney Plus already at saturation? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. But so it's it's interesting for that. I think there's something to be said for the different formulas that we're seeing with streaming releases. Like, I think The Mandalorian got so much more attention because it was released week by week 
Mm-hmm. Like it was the first taste of what Game of Thrones was like. Yes. Um, you know, post Game, Game of Thrones, post Game of Thrones, where you were sort of like, I cannot wait till Friday yeah. to watch the next episode of the Mandalorian. And you like looked forward to it when it came out, you made a point to watch it. And then you got to like, think about it for a week. Um, you know, what, what are the different mechanisms that could be delivered to us that gives us the best enjoying experience, you know, because like Netflix show, for example, they give you the whole run of it square out the gate. You right. know, you get, you get one through 12. If you want to spend an entire weekend doing nothing but watching House of Cards, you can do that. Right. But so it's, I think that is an interesting thing because, you know, so much of what Netflix will do is like they'll acquire an old show and they'll just dump it, the whole thing on there. Whole thing's available right now. Right. But, and those shows were when they were coming out week by week. Right. You know, sort of like what The Mandalorian was. So you now have the ability to just watch them rapid fire one right after the other. But I think when you see shows on Netflix, like House of Cards or like Orange is the New Black or whatever, these are shows that were not, they're like written differently. They're they're intended to be watched almost like in binge format. They, they've effectively made like a, a, you know, 14 to 20 hour movie. Right. Um, sort of. So like each episode is different. But so I think, I wonder like how that affects the writing. You know, it's like, this is all going to drop at once. Which, I mean, it feels like you can include a lot more details and more throwbacks and stuff. You don't have to rely as much on, like, the, this happened previously on Stranger Things. Right. You know, it's like, I know what happened on Stranger Things. I watched it 30 seconds ago. Right. You know? So, yeah, it's like a different art form. Oh, that's an interesting thought. You know, like, long-form TV is like a different art form, I think, where it's intended to be watched nearly all at once or in large chunks at a time. Whereas then you have something like The Mandalorian. Like, I wonder how The Mandalorian stands up if you just watch it straight in a row, or straight if it's go. better if you have the week. To you know? think about it. Yeah, like, hmm. <sighs> I don't know, and that's the thing. So, like, if you were to go back to Game of Thrones, for example, I would say, like, 69.43% of my enjoyment of the show was all the time in between watching the show. Ah. You know, so like most of my enjoyment was coming from talking about it with everybody. Right. Because it was like, ooh, okay, and then have you seen this theory? And what about that? And maybe this, you know? And it was like, it was so fun to like dig through all of the different like storylines. There was so much to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I wouldn't want to lose that, like that experience. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, like I, I can't decide which way to go about it. But the other, the other question that I might have for you, even with shows, that are intended to be power watched is that the advertising for them seems typically like non-existent. Like there's almost something to be said for like they're producing all these movies and like or, or series and then they just go viral right you know and it's like maybe they produce a whole bunch of stuff and it's sort of like we don't know which one's gonna catch but one of them will right like what is the, what is this tiger god lord king of tiger king tiger king oh are we talking about tiger king well okay so for one i haven't watched it yet but Tiger King cannot possibly be the thing that they were like, oh, yes. Yeah, like, like oh. I, I have to imagine that there are just as well-produced shows living on Netflix that never caught fire where it's like, in, if like they're just waiting for the day for someone to be like, man, this is really good. And first of all, Tiger King was a dumpster fire to begin with. They didn't need to light anything on fire. I see. That was, I mean, gosh, I'm only about halfway through. And it's it's another one of those things that like people will remember it in association with the quarantine. I don't think you can separate those two like, it'll be, anymore. It'll be interwoven. Yeah. Also, me, okay. prediction this October, number one Halloween costume will be uh, Carol Baskins and whatever his name 
name is Tiger King guy. Okay, let me tell you this, as uh, on behalf of all of us who have not watched it yet, my exact set of feelings about this is I have absolutely zero compulsion to watch it like mm -hmm. i'm not like everybody who's described it to me everything i've seen about it i'm like this doesn't look good to me i don't think i'm gonna i don't think i'm gonna like it but i know that i will like and, and it's so weird because it's like it's this thing that I, I don't want to watch but i know if i do i'm gonna love it and i'm it's, not gonna be able to turn it off it's such a weird I think it's so fascinating to people because it would be like it's it's a, the show is about people in America who own big cats like tigers and lions and stuff. And I think that's the part of it that has hooked me more than anything is, is that, that that's a is thing? that it's a thing. But it's not like like if you told me some rich guy owned a tiger, I'd be like, yeah, all right, right cool this guy has, he's he has means but it is and he has a single tiger right that right. i would i would buy that like mike tyson from the hangover right it's like it's conceivable that mike tyson owns a tiger because right. he's an eclectic guy he's very wealthy like probably yeah he's pulled some strings he knows the lawmakers in nevada whatever you know who knows what's going on there that is just not the case at all really this would be it is like it is not super duper crazy rich people it is like the most unusual combination of like I don't, I don't even know what the polite term is but just sort of like trailer trash kind of guy i don't know that's who that's who joe exotic that's his name and it's not like one tiger it's like and it's not like oh he's got a couple tigers. It's like 200. What? It's exactly 200 tigers. I, that's what I'm saying. It would be like if you discovered that inside the house right next door to you was actually Narnia. And you were like, I didn't even know. What? I thought this was in books. It, like, wait, And you're it, like, this is, is happening in America? Someone in America owns 200 tigers. Is it legal to own a tiger? Okay, so this is the giant loop, I think. I don't think it's legal necessarily to just like own an exotic. I don't, I don't know. There's lots of law breaking and stuff going on for sure. Okay, okay. But I think what they're doing, I think the way you do this is you have to basically just operate as a zoo. And like zoos are allowed to own them. So it's like as long as you're open to the public, you can own them or something i don't i don't know i don't know at all the laws but certainly it almost doesn't matter because these people amass such like a weird amount of wealth by owning the tigers they, they just have this little kingdom that they can run and it's like oh you want to come in we have guns we will shoot you oh, and tigers yes and tigers you want to come in we got tigers 200 <laughs> 200 tigers no it's that's it's incredibly odd it's incredibly it's, odd yeah but it's it's slightly fascinating to me because i do come from this bizarre world of like super high-end aquariums yeah where like i've seen some really really crazy stuff but the the demographic frequently especially to like the retail stores that i've worked at are, are similar, I think, in that very frequently I would go to help somebody with like their aquarium project and the aquarium is far and away the nicest thing inside of the property mm -hmm. by like a mile. Right. You know, and it's like, I mean, like they have more in their aquarium than their car cost. Right. And like, that's not, that's not a stretch. It's, and, and maybe it's something to be said for, you know, it might be like a, like an old junker car or something like that, that like, you know, the value of it would be low, but like, it would not be uncommon for people to have aquariums that I would value at worth. If you could find the right customers, 10 to $20,000, you know, while driving a car that like is 
literally surviving on one of those spare donut wheels. Right. So like the phrase like house poor comes to mind. Sure. Right. Like where your your mortgage is all, all just about equal to your income. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah. these this is these people feel like tank poor. Right. Yeah. 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 Like like all of their money goes to you know coral fish parts whatever the right. case may be. And I've always wondered about that because in my mind I've always viewed I've always viewed aquariums as like such a luxury thing to own mm -hmm. and i have no idea if there if there's some conversation of status involved there where it's kind of like okay well i can buy a glass box mm -hmm. you know and then and then what it really is is like you're able to piecemeal together over a period of time something that is then worth Dude. quite a bit of money I feel like you would have such a unique take on this show because, like, there's an entire episode basically about, the, about like, the almost addiction of exotic animals. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and it's, like, because they, they go to several different, you know, I don't know, compounds where people have many, many big cats. Okay. And you're like, I can't believe this continues to exist. But almost invariably, all of them are operating in kind of the same way where you need, one, tons of meat and, like, it's very expensive, yeah, to yeah. Own a tiger or a couple hundred or whatever. I mean, it's 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 expensive to own a clownfish, like, right? So I can't imagine. Yeah, so it's expensive first to like yeah own it, and then of course you've got the property, and then you need like staff because it's a ton of work to maintain all this stuff. But it sounds like in every case the staff is almost just working for free, essentially, or like a hundred dollars a week or something but it's like it doesn't matter because they don't leave the compound because this is their whole life so okay that's weird uh it yeah. seems like these little like sub societies are being formed effectively they're or... closer to cults i would say cults okay yeah yeah. yeah yeah well so the idea there being like you go and you exist around things that you love people that you like you know your passion it's sort of like like on some level there probably becomes a question of like you know if all of the facilities you need are there then you know what would you even do with money anyway that is exactly what whoever's in charge wants you to think oh <laughs> this that's so, so upsetting it's so upsetting ah that's why this anyway i don't know how we're talking so much about tiger king oh it was an, it was inevitable it, it was inevitable we had to but yeah it is it is a unusual world out there See, I like this though. So we have we have our video editor Scott who has recently been planning for a video where I won't I won't give like the exact context of it, but the idea of not consuming a popular piece of media because your ability to talk about it as someone who hasn't consumed it mm. gives an interesting perspective to the conversation. Mm. So, I feel like that's what we just had was like mm. I haven't seen it. And so all of my takes are not based on any knowledge I have about the actual show, just, you know, my own personal experience and okay. interjecting that into what you can tell me about it. Well, if you ever watch it, we can we can revisit it. <laughs> Re yeah, okay. That's that's gonna be yeah. some feedback that we need from you guys is whether or not you want some more Tiger King talk here on the old pop. Have you ever desired an exotic animal? I mean, you have fish, but you've never been like drawn in no, in this way. Not in that way. So the thing that I will say is that I have been probably at closest addicted to like rare corals. Mm. Um, and I, I would say that for the most part, I became like a professional window shopper when it came to this. Like there are forums for you know, reef keeping, aquarium keeping, where there are like show off threads and everybody will like post a picture of, you know, a, the, the latest chalice coral that they've, they've picked up. And what they're showing you is the equivalent, you know, it's a, it's a one inch disc, you know, so maybe twice the size of a quarter with effectively an eraser head sized piece of hyper fluorescent green, red, yellow, and blue coral 
that's like a dot. And I mean, you will have people drooling over this stuff. Interesting. Because it is just like, you know, in order to have that flamethrower coral that had the particular strain that brought blue into it, you know, it's like, whoa. You know, but then that guy, if he's able to grow it, he can then cut it, frag it, and sell it for, you know, that equivalent size piece for $500,000 a go. Right. Which becomes really valuable. Right. And the good news for me was that I was never, I never had enough money while I was into it in the way that I was, that I could ever make these types of terrible decisions to then purchase those Mm. things. Mm -hmm. So all I ever did was mostly just like peruse these forms, but I've probably spent, you know, like hundreds of hours consuming content on reef keeping forums in my life because I've just like scrolled through and I've read every post and I've watched everybody's builds. And like, I've gotten excited about valves before, you know, like, like literally pieces of plumbing equipment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where it's like, wow, that's a gate valve right there. There you go. They finally fixed that problem. Everyone (laughs) had with gate valves. You know, it's like we, what we really wanted was a good schedule lady gate valve because Mm. it comes in gray instead of white. Oh, you know, it's a color like, problem. It's, well, and the thing is, is that when it comes to PVC piping, realistically, aquariums are never calling for Schedule 80 under any circumstances. We don't have that kind of pressure. I understand all of that. <laughs> of course, right? Yeah, but Schedule nope. 40 and 20, I mean, it's white. That's boring. Ugh. You can see the purple primer everywhere. Ugh, ugh, who wants it? <laughs> so, so it is, it's one of those things where I've, I've definitely, I've seen the phenomenon as firsthand as I, as I think you possibly can. And it can be straight up devastating because aquariums are incredibly finicky. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, several years ago here in Roanoke, we had a, a massive windstorm that came through and knocked power outages everywhere. I mean, if an aquarium goes out without power, it's going to die. <laughs> like, like that's it. That's it. You know, it's, it's one of those things where most of the people who are invested as these are have generators specifically for the purpose of running it in the event of a power outage. Right. But I've read stories about guys with $20,000 aquariums, not the glass box. Like, don't get me the glass box is not expensive the contents right you know the fish the corals yeah you know the power goes out they lose it all right. it's all done and, and it's just like how could you sleep how could I, I could never think if that happened to me i would never get over it oh that would be such devastation but i i mean it seems like you would you, it'd be hard to get that far it hard to it feels like it would be hard to get twenty thousand dollars into a hobby without having come across the absolute need for backup power like that, you know? Well, except it's like anything else where, you know, you would, you would think the same thing with like retirement savings. Like you oh, would, oh like, boy. you know, you would want to get to the point in life, like, you know, he wants to get to the end, you know, to the point where they want to retire and have not put away for a retirement. Right. Um, I think that it's like buying livestock is so much more fun than buying right. generators. It's like, oh, it's time for me to go get a new piece of coral or a new exotic fish. Right. Or I could spend this week's money on backup generator that sits there and hopefully never turns on. Yeah, it's very boring and I'll just plug it in and it'll be here. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's like you you have it. There's some peace of mind with it, but it's it's never going to be the thing, the, the allure. So I, I would say that for the most part, people who get that invested if they're doing that well with it, they made the investment in that type of generator. Mm-hmm. But not always. Not always. And yeah. Not always. And they like... only need the temperature to change for like five minutes. Yeah, that's right? it. Yeah. That's like, it. Yeah. Fish, temperature drops from whatever, 195. That's pretty much it for them. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It can be it can be very dangerous very quickly. So were those accurate temperature numbers at all? No, no, way no. too hot. Way, way too, too hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fish don't like hundred degree water? They sure don't. Okay. They sure do not. No. Um 
A jellyfish in particular, though, that oh man, sixty-five degrees, so that cool water, mm-hmm. like relatively cold. If it if it bumps up to seventy-two, they're melted. That's it. Uh, that's it. done. Oh, jellyfish! <laughs> I I have nightmares about jellyfish. True story. Not but, about them stinging you. About them dying. About them dying. Right. Have, Most people uh, want that to happen. Right. I yeah. know. I'm the exact opposite. I I have nightmares about the idea of jellyfish, the like spineless, brainless, possibly most common creature on the planet, dying. Immortal creatures, right? Uh, yeah, some of them. Some of them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no jellyfish. Mm, they can give me. I have. I have haunts. You have haunts. Yeah. You have haunts. Goodness me. Okay. Well, I feel like we covered so many good things on we today's did. episode of the Pop, guys. We need to know from you. What are you doing in quarantine? What's been going on? Have you watched Tiger King yet? Also, have you ever been like addicted to a uh, a particular hobby where you've gotten like like unusually invested in something? Uh, if you guys want to just email your responses to popcornculturepod at gmail.com. I do read your responses. Actually, today I had lots of stuff to bring up from our last episode about feeling cool. And we just kept so busy that we never even got to it. So we'll hold those for future episodes. Oh, yeah. If you did things you thought were cool, but in retrospect, were not. Like or Jace- maybe, maybe, maybe they were and they've just aged poorly in your mind. Okay, okay. The wide ants hat. Oh, the wide ants hat. Was it cool then? Nope. 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 <laughs> so it, it's not that it aged poorly. It just was, it it was just never was cool. A, it was just a miscalculation of cool at the time. Got it. Got All it. All there got was it, got to it. it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you guys would like to uh, help us decide who gets to be the proper one true host you can go over to patreon.com slash popcorn culture we have three tiers they're all five dollars one of them is the ben tier one of them is the j tier and one of them is the no host tier we really appreciate your support in any which way you choose to give it or not at all either way totally fine until next time pop pop you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator sick of being upsold at gyms my guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.